0: People who choose youth work are truly amazing individuals. These are people who care so deeply for our young people and have a real passion for service. My name is Paul Munir. I'm the Executive Director of YIPA and I'll interview some of these youth workers from around the globe and we'll figure out just what makes them tick and drives their passion. Welcome to this edition of A Passionate Youth Worker. Hi, everybody. For this episode, we're joined by Roxanne Wake-Forbes from Providencialis in the Turks and Caicos Islands. Roxanne, thanks for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, be on this podcast and uh, to be involved in in this conversation with you.
0: Yeah. In a little bit, we've gotten to know each other. I am so excited to learn more about your passion. I, I know there's a lot of that in there. And you are the executive director at the Edward C. Gartland Youth Center. Will you tell us just a little bit about the, the center and what you do there?
1: So I wear a, a lot of hats. Um, so I work at the ground level, working with young people, um, developing programs, uh, facilitating volunteers who deliver our programs. I do some work in terms of uh, finding grants. Um, we are a nonprofit, so we obviously have to get funds in uh, mm-hmm. to survive. And so we uh, we do that fundraising events. And so yeah, a number of hats uh, on my head. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the typical executive director lifestyle, right? You kind of do whatever needs to be done to make sure that the the center is uh, healthy financially, and the team is all on board. And, and ultimately, because you're trying to help young people, and so you got to do whatever it takes to make sure those young people have those opportunities. Is there do you, in your job you wear so many hats? Do you ever get to work with young people directly? Are you always looking at grants and balancing the budget and stuff like that, or? Um,
1: I would say that there has been a time where I've tried to steer away from uh, working hands on with young people, but it's something that keeps coming back. So yes, I do. Um, I'm very much involved in the program development. Um, I am quite passionate in terms of when I think of an idea, uh, you know, sharing it with the staff and saying, okay, and we can use this person and this person and this is how it can be done. Um, Because I, I, I feel that young people, as we develop uh, programs for them, it's really important that they have a say in it. Um, but yes, I, I I, I would say that I am very much still hands-on in terms of uh, doing programs. Uh, not so much facilitating them, but definitely in terms of helping them come uh, to fruition.
0: Yeah, so you're a youth worker at heart. You can't get away from that stuff. Um, so I'm wondering about... Uh, Your path into your role as the executive director there, Uh, having had the opportunity to interview a lot of people who do youth work, uh, some people take a very direct route. They know early on this is what they want to do. And other people kind of take a real zigzag path into their role into youth work. I'm wondering, what was your path like?
1: I would say that it was clear from the beginning. Um, When I was about eight years old, um, I said to my mother that I wanted to be a pediatrician and mm. I was very much set on that path. That that's what I was working towards. And that was what I was going to be. Um, I remember even practicing learning to to spell the word um, and writing it like this is, this is going to be my profession. Um, and that t- took me up till the age of about 16 um, when my brother passed. And I mm. remember saying, no, this is, I, I can't do that. Um, I I don't want to work with, I don't want to be a pediatrician anymore. And my mom said to me, there are many other professions that you can choose from. And and so she sort of opened my eyes to, to different uh, professions uh, that I could, I, I can gravitate towards. And it just so happened that year uh, that my brother passed, they introduced um, AS level psychology. And, I, it was just something that I just got, and it clicked, and it resonated with me, um, especially um, the areas of child psychology, and so that's the path that I, I, I veered towards and went on and uh, studied psychology, um, doing my degree and my masters um, in psychology. Uh, during my masters, I worked at a place called Victim Support, and mm-hmm. there uh, was where they. Uh, Shortly after joining, they veered into working with young victims of crime. um, And I was asked to sort of spearhead uh, the project in in our area. And again, working with young people, um, working with a center called Connections that allowed young people to come in and be a part. So I would go in for the the crime aspect of it, but um, there were other opportunities for young people to come and whether it was what university they would be going to, whether it was they were having problems with their housing situation, whether it was uh, just general support um, at the time, this place that's where it was a hub for where young people could go and get the help that they needed and so from there it really was this is the path that I'm taking um, and upon returning to Turks and Caicos, um, having been in the UK for 15 plus years, um, mm-hmm. I s- went straight into working, uh, with the government for, uh, psychology, both adults and children. However, uh, the opportunity was presented whereby the Edward Garland Youth Centre was, um, just, uh, an idea and mm-hmm. I, I was part of that. And, uh, Thirteen years late. Thirteen years l- later, I'm still uh, part of that organization and happily doing so.
0: So I hear that you um, always had this idea of you're going to be a helper in some sort of way, whether it's medical, you know, uh, psychology, or uh, just support in general. So I get that piece. You're you're an altruistic person you like to give of yourself, you probably take a lot of satisfaction in seeing other people do well. I can feel that coming out of you. I still don't know if I got what it is about young people or children that drove you. Uh, did you was it the games you played when you were younger, or did your um, uh, family talk about you know being teachers? or where did the idea of helping young people come from?
1: From an early age, I just felt feel, I mean, with the games that we played, uh, doctors and nurses, I, I mean, that's a, a normal game that young people play. But uh-huh. for some reason, I was just adamant that I was going to work with young people. I wanted to yeah. help young people and I wanted to make a difference. And um, so throughout um, growing up, it was just an, an, a natural thing. Um, I, My sister's a uh, teacher's. Um, just the love for, for young people and just trying to I think that when you go through struggles as well there's just something and I don't know whether it's innate within me that I have sympathy and empathy and I just want to help them and sometimes when you feel that you may not have been heard you become that person to help to enable others to be heard Um, and not to say that you know I wasn't heard as a child but I had many different experiences in my life Um, moving to from Turks and Caicos to the UK was at a very young age uh, which was was a big change you know I had Mm. to fit in I had to become a part of something that I knew nothing about Um, Mm. I looked different to everybody that I went to school with. Um, and so, but that always stayed with me. I just always wanted to help. I just wanted to help in any way that I could and continue to do that.
0: Well, I'm for one person, I'm really glad that you are in the field because I can just tell that this is something you take very seriously and it's something you give a lot of energy to. And, and I can just feel your passion that you have for working with young people. In getting to know you a little bit and researching your organization, the center, I learned a little bit about that the founder of your center, uh, James Gartland uh, had passed away just a little, almost a year ago. Um, Can you talk about him and the influence that he had on you and the vision that he had?
1: So shortly after returning to the Island, um, I, met Ed Gartland um, on a board I was sitting on Uh, it was actually called Mm -hmm. the Turks and Cakers AIDS Awareness Foundation Um, and so I became uh, uh, one of the directors on on that board and after one of the other founders um, had lost a brother uh, to AIDS um, he sat with Ed um, and they talked and they both we like, we need to build something for young people, a safe mm. place where young people can go, that they can learn things, they can be taught things, they can be educated, but in a fun environment. Um, and so Ed, w- once he had that vision and that, that desire, he just would go um, full steam ahead. But he's such a caring man, and he really, truly just gave for because he was just Mm -hmm. a wonderful, caring, compassionate man. Um, And so he really did touch my life. Um, Him and his wife, um, his partner Carol, were just individuals that truly were about giving, about giving back. And they looked for nothing in return. And I was so proud to have known him, to be able to interact with him. And even you know, in the later years when Ed got sick, he would still pick up the phone to say, "Keep doing what you're doing." You know that he believed in the work that we we do at the center. And if you can imagine somebody that is ill that has masses of family, masses of things that they're involved in, but they would take the time to still feed in to an organization on the other side of the world. I mean, obviously he considered Turks and Caicos his home, but he drew. He truly just made an impact on me and so many others. He, he made an impact on the island because he just gave. He He truly was a humanitarian. He was just a philanthropist, somebody who just truly, when he felt driven and passionate about something, he poured into it. And he would continue to pour. It. And he wasn't somebody that, okay, it's not going well. We're not going to do this anymore. He just continued to 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 drive and be a driving force behind it. And I'm just honored and truly honored uh, to have had him in my life and, uh, you know, to be able to continue with his legacy.
0: Roxanne, I have a very similar story. I My very first uh, job out of college was working at a mental health agency for Lee Carlson. And Lee Carlson started this mental health agency and was the most altruistic person I had ever met in my life. I had no idea people could be so altruistic. I honestly didn't. And um, she truly is one of my heroes and she sounds a lot like who you were just describing. And that had a major impact on me that I think has driven me probably more than anything to want to just pour everything I got in my life into helping young people. And I think um, we sh- we share a story like that. And I also know that you and your mom have started uh, a, a center as well, or a, a program, um, very similar kind of thing. You saw a need and you just took it on to do it. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yes. So when I returned home Um, I started working for government as a psychologist and one of the areas that uh, I was uh, put in charge of were the children that were in uh, a place called Nisi House Um, and it was a home uh, that children who had been placed into foster care um, or who had lost their parents uh, were placed Mm -hmm. Um, having worked there for a good few years it it Really drove home the the need for a uh, an in, not an institution a place for young people who were in that situation where they could be truly nurtured. Um, and so I I remember speaking with my mom and saying, "So, mom, we we have to do something." Um, my mom is a a go getter. She you know mm-hmm. when she puts her mind to a task, that's that's where she's going. Um, and she said, "Are you sure that you want to take this on? Because if we do this, this, this is we're going full steam ahead." And of course, I said, "Yes." Um, and so, uh, she got all of her contacts fed into it. And uh, two years after that the conversation, the Provo Children's Home was built, wow. and uh, has been. Functioning. Uh, it's a 20-bed facility uh, for young people that are in that situation that have been removed from their families. And, you know, the goal of the home is to nurture these young people, uh, help them with their homework, create a family pod. You know, when they, a child comes into that that environment, they are part of a family. It isn't an institution. It isn't, okay, you're here and you've been placed here. We are a family and that's how it, the, the home it has been built. And my experience of working in children's home back in the UK sort of led lended to that and afforded us the opportunity to really make something that we um, as a country is proud of But, you know, the children that leave that home have truly been impacted and been able to gain from it and know that they have a family for life, no matter what their circumstances are and no matter what happens after they leave the home. That is their family.
0: That's beautiful. Think about the impact you've made on those young people um, in, in all of your career. But in particular, the young people that have been removed from their home for one reason or another or they lost their parents to be um, taken in by a place that considers them their own. And it's a family. Uh, What a wonderful story. Thank you for thank you for doing that work. That's just really cool.
1: I have to give the the praise to everybody that is in that organization because they truly care and work. Uh, for the better uh, of betterment of those children and uh you know my mom's a very passionate person, and you know as much as uh she tries to stay on the the outside um uh, she she is uh, definitely someone who who truly loves those kids and even long after they leave the home uh, is, is still involved in their lives,
0: yeah. Roxanne, we have to take a short break, but when we come back, I'd like to talk to you about uh, the the idea of giving young people opportunities. So we'll be back in just a minute. No matter how you support our young people, the professional youth worker powered by Yippa has your training and learning needs covered. Visit training.yipa.org. That's training.yipa.org to see for yourself and then join the thousands of youth workers around the globe who learn from our easy-to-access, exceptional trainings. From our blogs to our podcast, The Professional Youth Worker is your go-to resource for tools to help you keep going, keep learning, and keep growing. Members enjoy free unlimited access to live online and on-demand trainings and a preferred discount pricing for our one-of-a-kind certificate course. Annual memberships are just $99 for individuals and only $250 for your entire organization. Visit training.yipa.org today to learn more. That's training.yipa.org. And we're back with Roxanne Wake Forbes. Uh, right before the break, we were talking about the program that you've built and the center that you're working in now. And I know one of your objectives is to empower and give opportunities to young people. Can you talk about what you believe is the importance of uh, opportunities, empowerment, and youth work?
1: So our mission um, is to provide young people uh, with opportunities, regardless of their circumstances, regardless of their race, their ethnicity, um, their age, uh, just removing all of that. Um, the, we offer programs at no charge, because we truly believe that young people, all young people should be able to have the opportunity to be exposed to uh, things that they may not have uh, been able to afford. And, and money really should not be the the main objective as to whether a young person could experience or explore a, a different um profession or activity and so at the center uh, you know our goal really is to empower young people so we provide programs that will allow them to to step in and we encourage them um to try um i remember in the early years and, and and even to today you know, a new child coming to the center and being, you know, shy and not wanting to be part of the program or or one that's more popular and just wants to hang with their friends. And I would always say, I'm just going to ask you to try, just try. And if you don't like it, I promise you, you do not have to go back. And I would say that 90% of the time they would try and they would come out saying, miss, I'm so glad you made me go in there. I'm so glad that I tried it. I love it. I want to no more, and I'll be back next week. And and that alone to me is enough. Even if they just tried it once, it truly makes a difference because the more a child can be exposed, the more a child has the ability to try something that they wouldn't normally have that exposure to, the more rounded their character, the better for mm-hmm. their development. And And we really strive to just really push the programs that they want but also just to ensure that they have the opportunity to try, not because they don't have the funds to try it, but because it is there and we want them to see that, you know, anything truly is possible, but we we do have to be able to open up and show them like, this is here, try it. You know, you can't say that you don't like something if you haven't tried it. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It seems like the more, um, I get to know about youth work and uh, what it is it takes to help young people. It seems like it boils down to opportunities. And there just are a lot of young people who don't ever get to explore. And like you describe, uh, you know, get a well-rounded character development because they don't have the opportunities to do that. And I'm thinking like um, in your work, how, much of that do you think plays a part in, in, in you know, positive youth development, just the, the fact that they have a chance to connect and learn and grow?
1: I think it's, uh, it's fundamental. I think it really is important for young people uh, to be able to have that opportunity. Um, I know that uh, growing up in a, a Caribbean uh, nation, you have yeah. church and school. Other focus um, so okay. really in terms of you know this youth center opening up it, there are church youth groups but to have something that is independent of that um, a, a charity that allows your child to come to learn and and you know the the vastness that of programs that we offer goes from the academic and the sports to the acting and the dance and the more creative elements and it, all of that really Adds to a child's development, and I always say education obviously comes first 100%. But you need to feed a child more because when you let them loose into the world, whether they go straight into the work environment, whether they go off to university, whether they go to another country to live with a, another relative, the more that you've been able to pour into them, the more that you've been able to. I guess expose them to and what we enjoy at the center is that it's a safe environment so you're exposing your child to these things safely the the more rounded their character will be the more that as they interact in the workplace and those dynamics of a workplace or the dynamics of university that helps a child that will help them in life as they continue you know their journey And hopefully, what we instill in them, you know, carries on into the wider community and and helps them to be better members of society on a whole. That's
0: it. And I think when we, we only have a certain amount of time, usually, to work with young people, and we have to make the best of it, that when we have that time together, we can't control all their variables in life. But we do have this window of time where we can have an influence. Do you have any stories or do you ever hear from uh, some of the young people you used to work with that um, have reached out or you bump into in the community or anything like
1: that, that you could share with us? Yes, absolutely. I mean, honestly, I am blown away when a young person comes back to the center and obviously they're not young anymore, <laughs> but yes, a young yes. adult comes back into the center yeah. just to say hi. Um, and yeah. sometimes, you know, you, oh, what, you okay? Is everything okay? Okay. Yeah. I'm just here to say hi. You know, I have a day off today, so I thought I'd stop by. Um, and actually, uh, funnily enough, just last night I, I reached out to one of our young people, young adults now, and we're looking at starting a podcast for our young people. Oh, well, good. And uh, I asked whether our young people could interview him. You know, not just uh, so he's just released a, a, a single. And, you know, I'm so proud of him. Uh, but I said, you know, would they be able to interview as part of, you know, their podcast? And his words, um which sent me to sleep with a smile on my face, was that anything for the centre, miss. I truly
0: wow. had an amazing
1: time at the centre. And I just have to ask my manager, but if there's no bars there, I will be there, hands down. Whatever you need, just let me know. And I just completely choked up because that's why we do what we do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We plant seeds. I, I, um, spoke with and interviewed a, a youth worker named Brandon Jones, and he talked about youth workers as farmers. And, um, what we do is essentially just, um, make those impacts. And, uh, at the, at that moment in time that we have with them. And we often know that we carry, uh, they carry that moment with them for many years. And, uh, we're we're lucky
1: to be able to do this work i think I, I i really agree with you there i really agree um and you know what it it doesn't matter um, it, somebody was asking me about you know the successes and and again i truly believe that the successes of the center are the successes of the community because it's not just us that is feeding into that young person there are other organizations their family their friends but when we all work together as a collective the results just speak for themselves they they truly do and just to have young people being able to come back and just say that you know whether they spent weeks or just the summer with us to, to truly be able to to see them and watch them um grow you know sometimes you don't see see them anymore but social media obviously connects us um, around the world and you know you might get a message in your inbox just saying just to say hi and the fact that they would remember something from 10 years ago yeah means that you you did something right you know um you know how if you look back as an adult c- can you say can you think of those persons that did make an impact on your life and would you reach out to them? And, and that, that's how I feel. And it, it makes my heart and um, my heart happy and it makes the drive of what we're doing and the vision that we have, um, you know, to, to build more youth centers, but it, it makes it even more um, necessary for us to continue the work that we're doing um, as youth workers. And, helping the youth you know they 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 truly are they're the next generation they're taking over from us and let's give them all that we have so that what comes after us um really you know will be part of history let's let's really pour into our young people as much as we can let's listen let's
0: you know i i can't think of a any situation at all where we don't all win when a young person positively develops their unique skills and talents. I mean, the community wins, the family wins, the job market wins, the public sector wins, everybody wins when we can just help our young people, um, kind of get empowered and find their voice. And, And listening to you talk about, um, Uh, the story uh, of this person coming in and being a guest on the podcast. With social media now, I have this chance to stay connected with uh, a lot of the young people I used to work with. Um, I haven't done uh, direct service for a long time, but to see them um, as adults, they've got children and they've got jobs. And I I see them talk about um, their interest and things like that. And You know, I know a lot about them and it's really interesting to see all that unfold. It's, it's really rewarding. And I think that sometimes um, we forget that uh, this work, uh, you know, none of us get super wealthy doing this work, uh, you know, but we do it for other reasons. We do it because we can give back and have those experiences as you and I are telling these stories, we're smiling at each other because we know how special those stories are. I'm Wondering, Given the state of things today, COVID, all the divisiveness that you've uh, talked about um, when we were getting to know each other uh, in the world today, um, what is your current you know, take on our young people as a whole, not, not to a person, but in totality? Do you have a lot of hope for our young people or do you feel like we're going through a really tough time?
1: It's a bit of both, um, to be honest. Uh, definitely there's hope, um, and, and I see the hope. Um, it can be discouraging, um, when we, I guess, when we look at uh, the media and what is going on around the world, um, but there is definitely hope, and I think that our know, young people need a voice, need a platform. You know, part of the yes. reason that we really are looking at the podcast is that there is a group. That is just not being heard, and this pandemic is, you know, brought that more to light. But at the same time, the truth is that there, are, our young people have so much to offer, and sometimes, as adults, uh, I feel that we forget what it was like growing up. Um, and so you automatically have your your adult hat on, and this is how it's supposed to be. But I think when we allow young people to be creative, and you know, technology is something that there's a, a, a vast number of young people that are interested in that. Um, but we we can we have to be the individuals that help them to get to where they need to go. But I think we need to listen to them. I think we need to hear them. And that mm. really is it. So it's not just listening. We need to hear. Two different things. Yeah. Yes. We need yes. to hear what they're saying um, mm-hmm. and, and, and help them on the way. Yes, we have, you know, wealth of knowledge from, many, from our many years. But at the same time, they have something to say and it's worth listening to and hearing and helping them to then move forward with their vision and, and their journey that they're, they're embarking on. Um, you know, the more when you think back to growing up, those in, individuals that were able to make an impact on your life, let's be that for them um, and help you. Yeah, times are changing. I, I, I get that. I remember being that parent that said, nope, never giving my child an iPad, ever. <laughs> <And> now, <laughs> obviously today is a different story now it's not one that i give like candy but it is something that i say you know what we have to move with the times and we have to um be able to to grow we're growing so allow them to grow and and help them to help to water them so that they can bloom and they can flourish and they can feel empowered and encouraged that they are being heard and they are being listened to wow
0: you know, we're almost out of time, but I would like to ask you if you have any words of wisdom or inspiration you could leave with our listeners
1: today, Roxanne. What, what, what I would say is that I would just encourage people to step out of their comfort zone, be somebody for someone be someone for another young person. And Mm -hmm. as I sort of explored this area, um, I came across um, something that uh, Maya Angelou had said. And it was focused around, around the fact that we all go through things as we grow up. And although we encounter those defeats and obstacles that make us think, oh, you know, why keep going, you know, if this is all that's going to ever happen. She stated that, you know, we really shouldn't be defeated. And part of our journey and part of what we're encountering in our lives makes us who we are. Okay. Um, So the fact that we can't change what has happened in our past, we can change what is, what is the, the path that we're taking. And I think sometimes with young people, when they encounter, and I, I think especially in this generation, um, they encounter these defeats or discouragement, we're not feeding enough into them to, to let them know that it's okay. That's part of what made me who I am. That's part of where my passion for youth work comes from or my passion for uh, animals, whatever it might be. But part of that is that's what makes you. And it's okay. You're going to be stronger from it. But take it as a lesson to help you to move forward. And it's necessary. Life is not just a straight, road um, without any bumps or potholes or anything in it 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 is a a bit of a roller coaster but you will get through to the other side and us as adults let's hear more let's listen more and and really truly let's try to make a difference one person it doesn't have to be masses one person is all it takes
0: just one person that's all it takes that's right well, Roxanne, it's been a joy getting to know you. Uh, I am so uh, honored to be able to talk to you because I get what you've done and what you're going to continue to do for our young people. So it's been a, a great opportunity to to share uh, with you uh, and our listeners the work you've been doing. So thank you for being a guest on the pa- the, the podcast. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for in, in, inviting me on here. I'm, I'm so thrilled to have stumbled um, on the work that you do and um, I'm excited uh, as to what the future holds because I know that it was for a reason that uh, our paths have crossed and yeah. uh, uh, well, well, great speaking to you again.
0: Yeah. And thank you to all the listeners out there, all the youth workers who, uh, are constantly doing incredible work with our young people giving so much of themselves day in and day out to make sure that our young people have those opportunities and and feel empowered so they can develop their own best selves and be the people that we hope them to be when they grow up and contribute to the, the betterment of of the world and our communities that we all live in If you like this podcast, I'd encourage you to subscribe to it and be a frequent listener. We'd love to have you keep joining us for The Passionate Youth Worker. And if you have uh, feedback for us, whether it's positive or negative, please let us know. You can send us an email just by going to our website at yipa.org. That's Y-I-P-A dot org. And send us an email. I'd love to hear what you have to say about the show. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Passionate Youth Worker. I'm your host, Paul Munir. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to share your passion for youth work, we'd love to spotlight you as a guest. Just visit us at training.yipa.org. That's training.yipa.org and click on the podcast tab and send us your information. This podcast is made possible in part due to the generous contribution from M Health Fairview. I'm your host, Paul Munir. Thanks for listening to The Passionate Youth Worker.